but let's get into it. Okay. Hello and welcome back. Hello. To episode 16. I'm I'm right on this one. It's oh, episode cool. 16. I had no idea. We got the count right this time, nice. all right? For those of you who have been keeping count. Episode 16, sweet 16 episode of Observe and Report. This is a show for myself, Jason Simmons, and my co-host, Jack Smith. Hello. We go over things that we have watched, we talk about them, and we tell you about them. Observe and report. So, let's get into it. We let's do it. have been away for a while, insofar as like not seeing each other for a while, but yeah. we've seen some things. We've been to some places. Yeah. Uh, I, myself... Done some things. <laughs> done some bad things. I'm just kidding. It's some bad places. Like, no, I went to St. Louis. I uh, just go to fun. different places than sit a lot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we've been flying around for a bit. Uh, this is the most I've flown or traveled in a long time. Mm, yeah. So <laughs> I am ready to sit down and watch things. Nice. Um, so yeah, it's fall officially as mm-hmm. of like yesterday, uh, to date the episode, I guess. <laughs> but we're moving into some like, you know, time to be at home, sit down and watch some things. Um, we're kind of in an in-between where there's not much out at the moment. Yeah. Like on the cusp. September is always that weird doldrum time where it's like either you get things that thought they could not survive in the summertime um, or you get things where it's like, all right, let's start this Oscar season off, baby. Yeah. Like you start to get the hint of that. But also you get things like, all right, Halloween time. Let's get some scary things in theaters. Um, So it's you get a weird mix of things at this time, which is interesting. Um, and there's still things to go out and see at theaters because of that. And there's some things that I saw in theaters. Uh, this is more a holdover from the summer, but I went and saw Black Klansman. Oh, yeah. How was it? It was pretty good overall. Nice. Um, a pretty good experience. And I say that because I guess I went in there hoping for more of like a biopic of oh, the people okay. involved. But it really wasn't. It was very much more of a dramatized uh, tale, but all based on true events. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you know, Black Klansman being the situation where... Uh, in Colorado, Colorado Springs, a uh, black police officer uh, kind of infiltrated the Ku Klux Klan and was able to, you know, get information on the movements and organizational structure of the Ku Klux Klan through himself and a uh, Jewish partner uh, who were both able to infiltrate and gather all this info and structure on this organization. Um, and it was a pretty cool movie. Uh, great performances by John David Washington. Um, who is oh, the son yeah. of Denzel. Yeah. And it's just fun to see uh, a Washington work with uh, yeah. Spike Lee again. So I was like, all right, oh, cool. Yeah, that's cool. Let the legend continue. <laughs> um, there are things about the, his character, though, that I wish he just went more into. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we are presented with the character, it's like his first day on the job. He goes in, you know, to be a policeman for Colorado Springs, and he's being interviewed by, like, the chief of police and uh, another city council member who is black. And they're just like, well, you're going to be the first. Like, you are, you, you pass your test, like, you know. What year is this? This is like 1970, uh, I want to say like 71 or something like that. That was an impressive whistle. <laughs> I hope it picks up on audio. <laughs> um, or I'm losing my mind. <laughs> um, okay, gotcha. Um, I think it's 71. I could be entirely wrong about that. Okay, a, a couple of years later, but the 70s. Okay. Um, but, you know, you see him joining the police force and he's being interviewed by them. Like, you know, there's a lot of pressure on you in this situation. Like, you know, can we count on you? Ugh, yeah. And what we don't get really is his is the character's motivation for wanting to be on the force. Oh, okay. And wanting to be like, you know, an officer of the law mm-hmm. in such turbulent times. Like, you don't get to see his perspective on it, really, which is like, okay, I get it. But we're in a movie. We got to keep going. We got to keep, you know, doing things. Um, 
what shouldn't be what I think isn't talked about enough in the movie is uh, Adam Driver's performance in the movie. He's actually really good in it. He's I've not seen a ton with him, but everything I have seen him in, he's great. Yeah, I think he has like a a pretty good range insofar mm-hmm. as like what he's able to do. Uh, and in this, what was cool about it, and again, I wish he just went more into like his character, and I was like, well, what are you feeling in all of this? Because he's playing a Jewish character who is infiltrating the Ku Klux Klan, and of course, like, what amazing pressure he must be under on a daily basis. But like, there's one line that he says in the movie where he's talking about just being like, oh, well, you know, I grew up as a, as a Jewish person, but like, you know, I never really thought about my religion. It just wasn't something that I had to. Like, you know, when I grew up, I was like the only Jewish kid in my neighborhood. I didn't even have like a bar mitzvah. Like, I was just yeah, this is just a part of me. It's who mm-hmm. I am. But, like, I've never thought about it more than being in this situation. And, like, well, how does that play out for this character? And we don't really get into it, necessarily. Yeah. Um, but that being said, on a very serious topic, the movie's really funny. Like, it does have very good mo- moments of humor nice. um, throughout. It looked like it. Yeah. Like, it's, if you had to build it as something, it's, it's kind of a comedy. Okay. Um, but that being said, there are good moments of humor. Um, you get some interesting cameos that show up. What's funny is, like, Topher Grace feels like he's doing a white guy impression all throughout the movie. Which, yeah, he does not need to do. <laughs> he's incredibly white. His name is Topher. <laughs> Short for Christopher. Yeah. Oh, I know, Jason. I, I know my I found Topher out. Grace trivia. <laughs> That's the only fact I know. But I, it's something. I only found out, like, two years ago. It blew my goddamn mind. Like, yep. I, that's not just a name. Okay. Um, but that being said, he's really good in it, actually. Okay. He's he's also good. Uh, good performances across the board in this. Um, but yeah, I saw it uh, in a pretty packed theater, oh, like even good. like a few weeks after release, mm-hmm. which is like a good sign, I think. Um, and yeah, it was it was a fun experience. I do recommend that you check it out at some okay. point. Nice. I'm yeah. hoping it'll be um, on the old video on demand. I think it'll be there pretty fast before yeah. the year is out, I think. Cool. Um, I watched a bunch of stuff, especially on the plane. Um, but before I left, I watched this show called Lamont, M-A-N-T-E. Okay. I have thoughts about what the show is about. I've not heard okay. this. Let, what do you think it's about? I think it's about a black man in the year 1981, Lamont Washington. <laughs> Lamont Washington is the star of his high school football team, but Lamont has a sensitive side. He wants to study poetry. <laughs> at Yale University. That's what I think this show is about. But go on. What is it actually about? So close. It's about a French lady who committed a <laughs> series of murders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I was wrong. It's La Space Mont. Ah, La Mont. M A N T. Yes. T L A. Space. Space. M O N T E S. M A N T E. Ah, Lamont. All right. <laughs> I got it. Sorry for all of our French listeners. <laughs> Sorry for that one person in the Netherlands listeners that happens to speak French. <laughs> um, I believe it is French for the mantis. Okay. All right. Um, it's about this woman who um, she committed eight really heinous murders. Um, she was Whoa. a serial killer. Yep. They're so grisly. I loved it. Um, and she has a son. She goes to prison. Um, and her son was like uh, like 10 years old when this happened. Okay. Um, and she knows he knows fully what she did and is horrified by it. Um, he becomes a cop. But nobody, very few people know about who, who his mother is. Ooh, interesting. And she is separated from, because she was so, her crimes were so heinous. 
and um, violent. They, and also it's just kind of a fictionalized thing. Um, they have her separated from the general population. She's at this random, like, safe house. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. There's not really an explanation why. What year is it set in? Present day. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so enter Lamont Washington, graduate of Yale <laughs> University. <laughs> He's going to write about it. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then all of a sudden there is a copycat killer. Ooh, okay. And so they bring in the son to work on the case, and uh, they also need her help to help solve it. Okay. It was a miniseries. I think there's uh, six episodes, six or eight episodes. What is it available on? Netflix. Okay. I this... think it's new on Netflix. Okay. This feels like a, an extended, like, Luther episode or like an it idea has, that you would see there? It has the same um, kind of texture and tone of Luther. Okay. Yeah. Sounds really interesting, though. It was great. Okay. The woman who um, plays Lamont, mm-hmm. um, she's great. She... Um, She's scary. Like, she has a real icy feel to her. She Ooh. just... I really like that actress, whoever she is. Um, I liked her so much I didn't take the time to look up her name. <laughs> um, <Okay. laughs> I'm the worst. Um, the guy who um, plays her son kind of is like a French Clive Owen. <laughs> Not quite as attractive, I find personally. But, um, you know, same uh, general look. Consistent five o'clock shadow. Yep. All right. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I en- I enjoyed it. Okay, yeah, and it's like a contained thing. No second season. There was only the one season. Yeah, I don't think they could do a second season. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was intense and interesting, and I was, it was a little slow at first, but I kept on finding myself like thinking about it mm-hmm. and being excited to go home and watch it. Okay, and it was worth it. <laughs> it paid off. It was great, but it is all in French, so you need to read the subtitles. Okay, but when they remake it for America about Lamont Washington, <laughs> all American, all right? Uh, it's going to be entirely in English, uh, and a similar eight episode feel, but <laughs> you'll be in for a treat. Netflix. Holler at me, okay? I got some ideas <laughs> for you. Ugh, there's going to be a development deal in the works very soon. <laughs> what else you got? Um, I, in my theater viewing, I also checked out uh, The Predator, which came out very recently. Oh, it already is out? Yeah, it's oh, out. Oh, okay. It's, it's, it's in theaters. So I came out some, September 14th, I think it was. Oh, wow. Um, It's good. <laughs> I... I went there, it felt like, I don't know, there's a lot in the air for some reason, just like, this might be a bad one. But Well, I mean, yeah, that's fair. Because, <laughs> I don't know, on paper, it sounded good. Like, the cast seemed strong. Olivia Munn. Olivia Munn, Kegel Mike McKee, yep. my man Thomas Jane. Oh, um, gosh. <laughs> um, the guy, I forget his name, from uh, from Logan, uh, who played, like, you know, the main antagonist. Um Ivan Strahovski, um, Sterling K. Brown is in it, <gasps> and that's K. not Brown advertised at all. That feels like a surprise to see him there. Mm, um, no, I won't see it. And he is not your mom, Sterling K. Brown. He <gasps> is being a straight up dick in it. It is Ooh, great. I'm gonna like him even more. He's a jerk to the highest degree, and like y- you agree with him the entire like, yeah, man, give him the business. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, it's really good. It does participate in the uh, like the predator mythos it, mm-hmm. it offers fan service but it, it's not so much that like, you feel thrown out of it like you're being pandered to yeah you don't feel being pandered to someone that personally i like the predator series mm-hmm. and whatnot um 
I think like there was just enough there to like to keep you really interested as a fan. Was there neck snapping? Oh hell yes, oh, to the highest degree. That's why I didn't. I wow. wanted to s- <laughs> <laughs> look on your face. <laughs> like, like I'm talking spines ripped out of bodies, <gasps> kind of like neck snapping going on. Oh no, they snapped his spine, not even just his. Oh <laughs> no, I wanted to see it, but I was like, I know there's gonna be so oh, much. You would not breaking. like this movie. I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I'll rent it and just mute it for much of the movie okay like yeah I, I i knew that you would not enjoy this the amount of just snappage happening oh in here God. and just like straight up gore um yeah. that occurs okay um but that being said uh it is an action movie and it does fall to very action movie tropey things okay but like it, it it's That's aware of what it is yeah um it does feel at points like this is the a team versus a predator mm-hmm. like it the group of humans that are going up against the predator mm-hmm. uh they feel like the a-team in all honesty oh, okay. a bunch of misfit ragtag military guys going up against like you know this impending threat what is the setting uh the setting is modern day mm-hmm. um the premise being a special operative in the jungles of mexico sees the predator mm-hmm. sees a ship crash and sees things that he's never seen before um the government finds out okay so what'd you see and he's like i am not shutting up about this um i'm like okay we will lock you away forever oh no or kill you to find out what you know ah. um he decides to pack up the, what artifacts he did find prior to them catching him um a helmet and a predator gauntlet and just ships that back home to just like for safekeeping mm-hmm. like i want to find out what this is or sell it or make some kind of money off of this mm-hmm. um and in the process the predator that he does that he encountered gets captured by the government as well oh. but he was running there was another predator after him oh and thus the plot ensues so it's like a three-way chase kind of going on <sighs> like he wants to get back home to get that stuff the predator wants his stuff back yeah and this other predator wants that predator that ran oh my goodness so it's a lot going on that but sounds cool the movie doesn't give up it like it really just like keeps going as soon as you start watching like bam no setup we assume you've seen one of these movies yeah let's go like okay. it's very quick and fast-paced which is nice um but overall i i liked it a way more than i thought i would um shane black was the director he also wrote yeah. the original predator and whatnot and he's good at writing like snappy dialogue mm-hmm. um and yeah there it, it was a fun time it's a good it's a good unsolved movie if it didn't have its cast it might not work as well but because the cast seems to like each other and they seem to be having a good time i was able to have a good time that's cool yeah um i tried watching predator the first one Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, because I knew this movie was coming out, um, and I could only get halfway through it. It just wasn't doing it for me. It, okay, Un- understandable. I'd mm-hmm. say that's fair. Uh, I'm a weirdo, and I really like I really like Predator too. I like seeing 48 year old Danny Glover beat the crap out of a predator in his own house. It was hilarious, but fun. I think that see that sounds better to me than watching Arnold Schwarzenegger run around a forest. Like it's it's a classic and revered by many people, but I totally get someone not being into it. Like it's after a while, it does become like one on one. There's very little dialogue anymore at some point, and it's just very the intensity of the chase is mm-hmm. like what takes over. Um, but yeah, I I wouldn't I don't recommend Predator Two to anyone really because it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need anyone crapping on my movie. All right, I know it has flaws, but it's fun. I'll probably watch it. <laughs> um, but what else have you been watching? Um, so while I was on the plane, I watched um, just to kind of 
I don't want to be disrespectful, but just kind of like throwaway movies, you know, just kind of light, easy fare. That's what planes um, are for. I watched Game Night with I wa- You know what? I was actually <laughs> very excited to see that. Me and my sister made plans to go and see that. We never actually got to check oh, it out. No. But was that fun? I hope it's fun. Yeah, it was fun. Okay. <laughs> um, <Whew>. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, again, the caveat being I was on a plane, so mm-hmm. I was looking for anything to entertain yep. me. Um but yeah, it was funny. It has some weird twists, but that I, and I don't remember it particularly well now because it was a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> um, oh God, who was even in this movie? Uh, Lam- Lamont Moore, uh, Jason, uh, Jason Bateman, uh, Rachel McAdams. Oh yes, um, I feel like Rachel McAdams was having a good time, which okay. made me happy. Um, she and Jason Bateman, I feel like, had good chemistry. Okay. I would be cool seeing her in other comedies to okay. see what she could do. Because it feels like she rarely does them. Yeah, no. Like, it was Mean Girls and this, but not much comedy stuff in between. And she's so likable. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, um, what's his face, isn't it? Kirsten Dunst's, Dunst's husband. Oh, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, Matthew Damon, yeah. uh, oh, we talk, Jesse Plemons. Yes, he's in it. <laughs> he's great. Okay. Um, I if you're just looking for some easy breezy, beautiful cover girl comedy, <laughs> 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 it's it's something to watch. I, I am totally fine with that. This feels like the kind of movie later where at twelve I'd go to Blockbuster and be like, I want this. I want to write this. Yeah. I want to write this real bad. Like, um, yeah. I I'm sure it'll be on like HBO or something soon, and I'm be, looking forward to it. Yeah. I don't know. I just want like a good screwball comedy sometimes. Like, and it's and again, like people. It feels like to me, people really go to theaters to see comedies. Yeah. Um, to the point people would say like, why would I even pay money to see that? Like, uh, I don't know. That's why things like this rarely happen, or when they do happen, they're all sort of as like lower quality, I guess. Mm. But I don't know. It seems innocuous. Like this is just literally here for you to laugh at like um the premise being like this is a group of friends that get together for a game night yep. but they're kind of bored of their routine yep. and they want something a little bit more exciting quote unquote well um they are a bunch of people who get together for game nights mm-hmm. um but jason bateman's older brother comes into town um and he wants to switch it up a bit okay and so that's when the who plays his older brother I am looking that up now. Very curious about that. The guy from Friday Night Lights, Kyle Chandler. Okay, interesting. Um, Sharon Horgan's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone else? Michael C. Hall. Oh, interesting. Um, who, I was like, I think I might be attracted to him. Michael C. Hall? Just like his manly confidence. I was like, because <laughs> I never watched Dexter or anything. Like, I haven't seen him in anything. Uh-huh. Um... But I was just like, oh, I I think I'm feeling feelings. Okay. It feels like he was like in a movie slash show jail for a while after Dexter. Yeah. Or I don't know. I just felt people didn't well, like the ending it, of that. Didn't he get, was he the person who got sick? He actually had cancer. Yeah, yeah. In real life, I, I believe. Thought. Okay. But I don't know if it was like his own choice to like not do as many projects, but it felt like he wasn't in as many things following Dexter. Well, yeah, because he got sick. Yeah. Got sick. And also. I, I'd take a break too, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, everyone in it was great and fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed it. Okay. All right. I'm happy to hear that. Um, one thing I checked out on Netflix that I really, really enjoyed uh, was uh, Sierra Burgess is a Loser. Oh, 
yeah. I fucking love that movie a lot. Like, oh, so it's a movie. I thought it was a series. No, okay. it's a movie. It's it's a really quick to the point movie, hour and a half. Um, uh, Sierra Burgess, of course, being played by uh, Barb uh, on Netflix. Uh, what is her name here? I have it written down. Uh, Barb from Stranger Things. From Stranger Things, of course. Yeah. Um, Sharon P- Purser. Um, she's great in it. She seems so sweet and charming. Yes. Uh, the premise of the movie being like a case of mistaken identity. Um, she, uh, Sharon Purser plays like uh, basically like a, a, a high school nerd kind of, but she's like wonderfully sweet, very smart, uh, just trying to get into college. Just um, an average student. Yeah. Average student. Like her and her friend uh, play by RJ Seiler, uh, who was the Blue Ranger in the Power Rangers movie. Oh. Um, yeah, they're best friends and they're just like trying to get into college. And one of her things is like, well, I guess I'll like start a tutoring, uh, business kind of, um, puts her name out there. Um, there's the high school quarterback who is very interested in the most popular girl in school. Aren't they always? The popular girl says like, uh, I'm not giving this dude my number. I'll give her Sierra's number. Cause like she put her number out there in all her flyers and the guy starts texting her thinking that he's talking to the popular girl but really he's talking to sierra gotcha. and she's just rolling with it and like it's just fun you're like in her corner the entire yeah. time it's like i hope it works out for you and what you find out about the characters you go on and they become friends mm-hmm. more and more like the popular girl becomes friends with uh with sierra burgess right, right, right. and like they be and you want their friendship to work out invariably something goes wrong of, of course, course as these movies do mm-hmm. but overall it's really positive i um, don't mind something that um is kind of predictable and follows a formula. Yeah. If it's done well. It's done very I'm well. fine with formulaic if it's still fun and, yeah. This feels like a good update to, uh, I guess, films that we really enjoy, like from the 80s and like 90s. The, yeah, the 90s, early 2000s. Like yeah. Like 10 Things I Hate About You type of Like vibe. She's All That kind of thing, yeah. sort of. But like, but a lot less higher stakes, it feels like. Right, a right. lot more like closer to home a little bit. Yeah. Um, great music throughout the film. Um, and the main actress uh, that plays Sierra Burgess, uh, Shannon Purser, has a great voice. Like she can oh, really no sing. Way. That's cool. Yeah, like wow, I didn't know you had those kind of pipes. Um, but yeah, you are really rooting for virtually everyone in the movie. There's no enemy to overcome. Mm-hmm. It's just relationships to work through. Right. Um, but yeah, I I walked in and thinking like, I wonder what this will be. I'll put this on while I do something else, and then I just turned away from the thing I was doing. Just like, what is this? Is fun. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm there like hunched over in my seat like come on Sierra I hope it works out Aww. like it was a really cute movie meanwhile the faucet's still running you're, <laughs> you're washing dishes it's just overflowing oh we have serious water damage at home <laughs> right now but let me tell you <laughs> I did enjoy that movie nice um, I watched um, How to Be Single with Dakota Johnson oh I also saw that movie okay I watched it on the plane um <laughs> And I enjoyed it. I'm. That's not usually the kind of movie I kind of am into. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like. I like the people who are in it: Rebel Wilson, mm-hmm. um, uh, Allison Brie, mm-hmm. uh, the tall guy. Anders Holm. Yes. Um. Yeah, it was fun and um, doesn't necessarily go about the way you expect it, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. That's some fun twists and turns in there. Yeah. Wait, isn't Manzuka's in this? Yeah, he is. <laughs> had I already seen his parts because I had um, looked for them in the past and fast forward through when this movie first came out on DVD? Yes, I did. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, oh, just a delight. <laughs> hmm. 
But that being said, I did see the movie like a year ago, I think. I yeah. enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Um, more than I thought I would. I don't know anything about Dakota Johnson other than she's in uh, the Grey movies. Right. Uh, the Fifty Shades of Grey series or whatever, which I saw a little bit of. And her parents. Her parents. Who are her parents? Oh, Jason. Fuck her parents. <laughs> it's Don Johnson. Don Johnson's her dad? And Melanie Griffith. The hell out of here. Yeah, bro. Don, Miami Vice Johnson. Is her dad? That's crazy. I did not know that. I thought she was British. <laughs> Is she not British? No. Get out of here. Yeah, Melanie Griffith and Don Johnson. Whoa, I got hoodwinked by myself, I guess. I super thought that <laughs> she was... hoodwinked by your own ignorance, Jason. Yeah, God. I should read a book or something. <laughs> I super thought that she was British, that no. she was not American, much less like from... You know, famous people. <laughs> American royalty. <laughs> Don What's, Johnson. Like, you know, <laughs> he's like a baron or something. If we're going to consider that American royalty. Nah, I'm <laughs> um, But no, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, that that's surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see some of Fifty Shades of Grey when I was in St. Louis. It's bad. <laughs> I've not watched it. It's, it's not good. I was watching it like it was like a beach or something on FX, I think. Mm. Like a TV edited version. It's still not good. Like, oh, yeah. It looked pretty bad. I, so bland. when you can tell that both actors don't want to be there, <laughs> like, mm. I don't. I don't think Dakota Johnson is hurt by being in those movies at all. I think she she so, has yeah. like tons of other movies coming out and all that stuff. But um, all I know from that movie, like the pre production of it, that Charlie Hunnam dropped out right to like do Pacific Rim. I think it was, and it's like, dude, good move. Yeah, <laughs> for real, real choice move right there. I think it helped her career and didn't do much of anything to his. I don't think so at all. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I don't know, yeah, it, it, of course, like, those books are structured off of Twilight and whatnot, and it, that's not a great structure for anything. Well, I don't think they're, uh, I feel like I'm just throwing shade all the time, and I don't mean to, but I don't think... Are you throwing 50 shades? Okay. God, I'm sorry, everybody. Um, <laughs> I want to just take a break off this podcast very quickly for a while. A couple There's episodes. a balcony right there, There's, Jason. Uh, <laughs> some penance to pay for what I just said. I'm sorry. Um... What was I saying? About oh, Throne Shade. Um, yeah, they're not particularly well-written books because mm-hmm. they're just like fan fiction type things. Uh-huh. Um, good on you for getting that shit published and making a fortune. Right. Cool. Um, so, yeah, if you're already using material that might not be great, mm-hmm. then I would imagine it's not easy to make a high quality film. Right. And it's easy to take a dumb on Fifty Shades. Great. Everybody's done it. But it's just, I don't know, I saw it and I just didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry, I saw some of it. Didn't see all of it. Who knows? Maybe this, the third act turns things around. <laughs> it's I amazing. can't say because I've not finished it. So that's on me. <laughs> that's my bad. Um, but aside from that. I uh, found Alison Brie to be incredibly um, charming in oh Howdy yeah single. Yes, she She's was incredibly charming. Delight. Like, it just felt like very, a good ensemble performance yeah. across the board. Um, I like that you kind of had a few main characters mm-hmm. as opposed to just one person you're focusing yeah. on. Um, and. Oh, and. Um, um, oh, my gosh. Judd Apatow's wife. I realized oh, she is more. Leslie, Leslie Mann. Mann. Mm-hmm. She was also great in it. I would yeah. love to see her in more things that have nothing to do with her husband. Because mm-hmm. she can stand on her own i like seeing her and stuff. she stood on her own before yeah. she was like attached to him it feels like to yeah. me at least oh, i totally. remember her from like the cable guy she was fantastic in that like uh from other movies in like the late 90s and mm-hmm. whatnot like yeah leslie mann is like great she's, she's like adorable. really funny i really liked um her relationship with the guy in the mm-hmm. movie because i really like him 
Um, I, of all the characters, I, it's kind of the more tertiary ones. I found myself more invested in Allison Brie and Leslie Mann's characters than yeah. Um, the main Dakotas mm-hmm. through no fault of her own, just, just story wise, I found them yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, not no fault in her acting or anything like yeah. that. But um, aside from that, I uh, I checked out American Vandal uh, season two. Oh yeah. That came out, and it's great. You really like the first season, too, right? I really like the first season a lot. Um, American Vandal, uh, for those that may not know of it, uh, it's kind of a mockumentary-styled uh, show, uh, kind of rooted in true crime. Um, imagine a parody of Serial, I guess is the best way that I can put it. Looking at a, a high school-level crime as a very serious thing. <laughs> And putting high production value into like interviews and camera angles and recreations and dramatizations of an incident. In season one, instead of like, you know, a murder on campus, it's like, who drew 27 dicks on the cars <laughs> that were in the teacher's parking lot? Who did it? And we're going to find out. Season two, it's like, all right, who caused a mass situation of diarrhea amongst like 200 students at lunchtime? <laughs> like... Uh, an event that they called the brownout in oh season two. God. See, then I feel like it went a little too silly. But the thing is, it is is a silly premise that they extrapolate from and look at it in a very serious way because they're able to like to tackle things like uh, internet bullying mm-hmm. or look at something like you know how does social media affect who you are as a person mm-hmm. in the world as a high schooler and just like looking at that further in life, you know, like okay. what's the identity you build for yourself versus who you actually are in the world. Um, and they do approach it that in like a serious way and like a very insightful way, mm-hmm. which is just so interesting to think about given the fact that it's all about a poop incident yeah. <laughs> and going from that. Um, I feel like they caught lightning in a bottle again. Like season one was such a surprise to me mm-hmm. that I was like, okay, you can't really do it again for season two, but it somehow managed to do it again insofar as making you laugh so hard at points. Um, just by like some of the actors' performances, okay. um, I'm gonna write this down. their like words or like just sentences that they say, just like oh god, <laughs> like that is scathingly funny, but also very real to that character that they're playing at the time. Um, I feel like they don't advertise it a ton. They don't. It feels like I found that out like by a, a recommendation from a friend, and also just like what is this American Vandal stuff? Because its presentation, like the font style they use, even it mm-hmm. feels like another Netflix documentary about like prison or something like that. Which you would think so many true crime is so popular right now, you would think that they would be able to kind of ride on that wave a little bit. Yeah, but. like it's a very intelligently done mockumentary. It feels like if you gave this to Christopher Guest or something like that he'd produce something similar to this. Um, Yeah, like, it's... It just has great comments on, like, you know, living in the digital age. Like, it's irreverent and just still a good mystery at the same time. Because although it makes you laugh, you end every episode feeling like, well, what what happens next? Like, well, who... If the, if this person didn't put the the laxative in the lemonade, then who the fuck did? <laughs> <laughs> and then you find out, wait, there were other crimes related to it, and there were red herrings abound. Okay, and then like they uh, have don't say too much because I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, so it's just it's a good, interesting thing, and also it's not long. It is okay. like eight episodes, each thirty minutes piece. Oh, okay, nice. So it's designed for like to binge, and yeah. like because every episode ends in a cliffhanger, it's like, well, what happens next? It 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 wants you to watch it. Okay. 
Um, but yeah, American Vandal, I can't say enough good things about season one and season two. Um, the only connecting piece is the documentary team that's doing it, okay. which is a bunch of high schoolers. Okay. So like just these two guys, these two just kids that love journalism, nice. um, going from season one and they get a little meta about it too, because it's like, well, Netflix picked us up and they're giving us some money to like, you know, enhance our graphics and all that stuff. So from season one to season two, like they show you like, well, this is what changed, like, or this is how the money affected us. They show like clips of them going on the daily show and like talking to Trevor Noah about like <laughs> season one. That kinda. is very meta. So it's fun in that way. Um, okay. it, it acts as if it exists in our world. Cool. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. I, I recommend it. I will give it a look. <laughs> um, I watched, very quickly, I watched Bake Off. Okay. The most recent season. GBB? Yes. Oh, and I learned a fact. Well, I went to London, and I happened <laughs> to learn a fact. Um, the reason why it's Great British Bake Off over there and Great British Baking Show here mm-hmm. is because Pillsbury, I believe it's Pillsbury, trademarked the term bake off so they can't call it bake off here they have to call it baking show what is this bullshit of like trademark <laughs> okay all right That's, okay. also i've not heard pillsbury ever say bake off anywhere the pillsbury doughboy doesn't uh use that terminology to my knowledge i've not heard it like if you wanted to call it like you Just know being selfish now <laughs> if they're dropping doughboys and woohoos then okay i get it pillsbury get your money yeah but bake-off just feels like an actual thing that people do we it's are competing like when someone buys a url of like someone's name yeah and they just hold on to it because they can like the squatting on the urls yeah. or something like that like bullshit like we're not having a bake in you know like hey we kids can't have like no drinking tonight we're all doing the bacon to keep you off the streets <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that was great. And the person I wanted to win won. So, okay. And it was the first, um, season I've seen with, uh, no fielding. Oh, and it was great. Interesting. Okay. Very fun and funny. Um, I think the new hosts have the, he and, um, oh no, Sandy, uh, Tosfig, I believe her last name is, um, that is the most British name ever. (laughs) They have good chemistry. Mm -hmm. Um, the new judge, Prue, she can be pretty harsh. Okay. It's like, oh, okay, Prue. Is she also an older lady? Like in uh, she's like in her fifties, sixties. Okay. All right. Um, not like uh two hundred and twelve like Mary Berry. <laughs> <laughs> um, no disrespect because I'm still very scared of her. <laughs> I feel her judging me from across the water. Um Paul Hollywood I think has loosened up quite a bit. Okay. Um, it was fun. It was a fun season. I really like the uh, contestants. They're all crazy talented. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the challenges they gave them are I, seemingly impossible. Oof. I don't know how they are able to get them done, especially when the, that tent gets so hot in the summer. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's always like one or two people who can do them. And it's like the same type of kids who like when you're taking an exam in college and she's like, oh, you're fucking up the curve, man. Like, just come on. Oh. Dude, just get a B. Just get a B. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not going to hurt you. Oh, man. Um, so, anyway, so that was great. Um, I also watched um, two um, young lady-centric films. I finally watched Lady Bird. Oh, okay. You know I love a solid one-year delay. <laughs> um <laughs> And I did not expect to like it because I thought it was just going to be about like a very spoiled girl being like, I nah. want it. But it's not at all. 
Um, and she is very relatable. Um, I liked that. Oh, you're better at summarizing what it's about. Do you want to summarize what it's about? Oh, it's basically like a year in the life, like told over the course of a school year, mm-hmm. of one girl in her senior year just trying to get into a college that she wants to go to in the East Coast, NYU. And her mother is kind of just battling her, telling her, like, stay home. It is cheaper and will make all of our lives better if you just stayed here. Yeah. And the drama that ensues from that. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and I, what I liked best about it and found different from so many films where they show um, family dynamics is, yes, she does have conflict with her parents, but also it shows the good times that they have. Like, they still have a nice Christmas together and they yeah. clearly love each other. And, yes. Um, they still they'll get mad but they'll also support each other so it's a much more realistic portrayal of a family going through ups and downs as opposed to they're just always being conflict whenever they're on screen and i think that's just good storytelling on their part by choosing to tell it over the course of like nine months yes because you see ups and downs that period of time Mm -hmm. it's not always embattled right like between these two people like you know it's we have different points of views but like we're mother and daughter and we live in the same place like we do care about each other and you see her grow up a bit too yeah which is nice like their relationship isn't so extreme right um which is what i think you get more of in movies yeah um but i'm glad you did see it i'm glad you liked it like how'd you feel about the setting being like the mid-2000s which (laughs) is exactly when we went to high school yeah i mean (laughs) it was it was fine mm-hmm. um i didn't uh, it's so whenever i hear i was just talking to a friend of mine and she mentioned something about 1985 and it being you know 30 some odd years ago mm-hmm. but in my head i was like no it's like 15 years ago <laughs> because for whatever reason and i think it's fairly common around uh, among people our age like for whatever reason my internal clock stopped at the year 2000 yep so everything Mm -hmm. i always have to like redo the math time math because (laughs) we're not it's 18 years later it's Uh, not even like it's five years later it's 18 years later so you're just adding approximately 20 years to everything and it's mind melting it is disgusting that that was so long ago so when i was watching that movie it didn't seem I, I don't think it even occurred to me because it's just like, yeah, of course. And <laughs> this part, was like two years ago, right? <laughs> and part of me wonders why that is. I think that's like the age that we started to like really formulate the larger picture of the world. I guess Maybe, so, and yeah. like really start to solidify time in our heads and like start to see like age for what it is. And I think at like, you know, 14, 15, it's like, well, yeah, like here here it is. This is Here's life. The world. This yeah. is the world. And like, you, not that you're always mentally in that same state, but like... You just always remember that period, I think, not fondly, but just very brightly. And especially, too, like, the whole, like, Y2K thing was a big deal. That's a big landmark, and, like, and then 9-11 happened, like, a year yeah, after that. It was, like, a, it was a crazy time. Literal so, millennium change yes. as millennials. Like, yeah, it's bonkers. It is a big landmark that we're like, okay, so, yes, things start here. There's yeah. a clear delineation of this ending and this starting. Mm-hmm. It's not even, like, a decade ending and another decade starting. A, a century ended... A millennium ended like boom here's yeah. everything else now. and like we were going to high school which i feel like a lot of like i can remember stuff from high school probably better than like everything before that mm-hmm. so i don't know no i think I that's a fair statement to say yeah. like um so that didn't seem that weird to me because <laughs> it was just last year right because um, i know when i saw it i was like wow like what was it like to go to high school in like the year 2001 i was like oh shit uh <laughs> 
Yeah, I was doing that. I, I, yeah, that was me. I was, I was in high school at that time. Yeah. Um, I also related, uh, I watched, I rewatched that movie Whip It. Oh, I was just thinking about that today, weirdly enough. (laughs) I, and I had seen it years ago, Mm -hmm. I think close to when it had come out, surprisingly. Um, And I just, I adore that movie. I love Ellen Page. She's just so goddamn cute. Mm -hmm. Um, I forgot the girl who plays her best friend. Freckles, (sighs) adorable. Jesus. Um, I forget her name. I just remember Juliette Lewis being her rival. She's from Arrested Development. Oh, Alia Shawkat. There we go. All right. Um, She's great in it. Mm -hmm. And um, all the um, like adult women in it seem like they're having a genuinely good time. Mm -hmm. Um, Kristen Wiig and Drew Barrymore playing such like a um, pothead weirdo. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just a really sweet kind of coming of age story of the ups and downs of um ellen page's character is she just lives in bodine texas in the middle of nowhere right and she just kind of dreams of having something more her mom is very into beauty pageants which is just not her style at all Wait, who plays her mom in this um marcia gay harden okay and She's Dan- great. and daniel stern plays yes. her dad right he's wonderful you just love him and you never see him in anything really no you don't like he feels like he just shows like to walk away from a bunch of stuff yeah but it's just cool to see him. Oh, wow, you, yeah, I remember you. And he's lovely in the movie. Yeah. Um, and so she, they go into Austin one day and she discovers, um, kind of accidentally stumbles upon, um, why is my brain broken? Just, roller derby? Thank you. Good <laughs> Lord. Um, roller derby. And so she starts doing it and she falls in love with it. And what a surprise. Someone in Texas finds culture in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so it's just kind of her doing that and kind of learning about herself and mm-hmm. growing up a bit, um, and becoming a little more independent from her parents. It's, uh, it's very inspiring and sweet. Okay. And I love it. Yeah. I really enjoyed my time in that movie. It was weird seeing the third, uh, Wilson brother in that movie. That is also a thing I would like to discuss. <laughs> He is so handsome. <laughs> he looks like he should be a Hemsworth. He does have some Hemsworth dreams going on oh, in there. Oh, I was like, because I remember you mentioning that. And I was like, I remember you mentioning that the ref, uh, the coach of their team was somebody. And so I looked it up and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, when he finally came on screen, I was just like, oh, he's because he's bl- like dirty blonde, kind of surfer looking guy. Mm-hmm. But he he's got great legs. Um, he's wearing shorts. You see him? <laughs> Those gams. Um, I'm not a legs person, but like good legs. Um, <laughs> but he's so handsome and I just did not take my eyes off of him through the whole movie. I, I would like to think oh. that, the, that the eldest Hemsworth and the eldest Wilson got switched at birth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, he's so handsome. I don't know why he's not in more things. Mm hmm. Because he should be for I, my eyes. Yeah, I don't know what that situation is insofar as like their acting family. I think he probably, well, because Luke Wilson did that movie with Drew Barrymore, and Drew Barrymore was obviously in this and directed this. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking maybe there's a little connection there. Yeah. yeah. I'm, Home Fries. Yeah, I like that yeah, movie. Yeah, that was cute. <laughs> That's a cute movie. Um, and so, Drew yeah. Barrymore was like, a shot caller when you think about it like as far as she doesn't act in anything that she doesn't have like a hand in producing 
like even Santa Clara Diet is like something not of her own making, but like something that she's behind insofar yeah. as like producing it, like a production company is involved in it. And Whip It was like the same kind of thing, right? Where she was like kind of like the force behind getting it yeah. made, it seems like. And she directed it. Oh, she directed it? Yeah. Why did she do more of that? Like, I, I don't know. know. It was a really great, sweet film. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of particularly women can really relate to and. I mean, I think outside of just women, like it's a fun movie. Like it's for it's for everyone. It's, it, yeah, Jason, it's for everyone. But in particular, <laughs> as a woman, shut your mouth. I enjoyed it. God, you let are, me have this thing. It's not for you. It's, you are correct. But like, also, it's for everyone. Whatever. <laughs> but like, it's mostly for us. Um, in a hard pivot from that, mm. I watched uh, Escape from New York again. Oh, um, it's good. It, it holds up really well. I think that movie is a great example of like making a movie on a budget and having it look good. Um, have I seen that movie? It's from like eighty one. I think I have. Possibly. There's a lot of like trash can fires. A lot of trash can fires <laughs> going on in that movie. Um, yes. Like Kurt Russell running around right, right, with some right. glorious hair and an eye patch. Yeah, he, they spend a lot of time in the cab. They do spend a lot of time in the cab, but you may be confusing it possibly. With Escape from L.A.? Let's Escape from L.A. because they're really the same movie. I know. That's why I'm trying to figure out which one it was that I saw. Was Steve Buscemi in the one that you saw? I don't think so. Then you may have seen Escape from New York then. Okay. Because uh, the cabbie is played by uh, Ernest Borgnine in the original. Keep talking. I'll look it up. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah. Watch Escape from New York. I think it's a great example of making a movie on a budget. Mm-hmm. They are able to... They, they film the movie pretty much entirely in uh, Cleveland. Oh. And they are able to substitute that cityscape for New York. And you, you kind of believe it all the way through. They just do some pretty good establishing shots to, like, get your mind in the set that's like, okay, I'm I'm in New York. Um, it's a movie that has some really good commentary on just, like, uh, police and government. And insofar as, like, hey, like, what kind of state are we living in? What will come in the future? Who knows? Um, but you shouldn't trust the authorities. What You shouldn't necessarily trust everything the authorities tell you. Okay. Um, it does have a lot to say thing about poverty um, and insofar as race and poverty it's weird like it's a it's a dumb action movie but it does have social commentary built in there okay. um, and that is like part of like you know John Carpenter's design I guess um, and on top of that it's filled with a bunch of fun character actors it's like a movie just full of them like Ernest Borgnine uh, Adrian Barbeau Isaac Hayes uh, Kurt Russell Donald Pleasance Harry Dean Stanton it's just like all the folks that Carpenter had like gathered up to that point with the movies that he had made. Mm-hmm. He just continued to keep the ball rolling. Um, I think he worked with Kurt Russell like another three movies after this. Yes, this is the one I saw. Okay. Um, they do some cool things. They, they make you think you're watching vector graphics on like computer screens. In reality, they're able to just like they use like glow tape on like small scale models and make you think you're watching like early vector graphics in the 1980s i don't know what the hell vector graphics so like are. <laughs> green and black grid like screen looking things okay yeah, yeah um that's what they're able to do like gotcha. stuff that you'd see on a screensaver kind of mm-hmm. but like in 81 they're like let's just film this and make it look like it and it really does um the there's like some decent solid action in it. this movie is a big basis for like a lot of video games to follow i could see that um yeah. one hugely popular video game series metal gear solid is very very heavily influenced by uh this movie okay um it influences a bunch of other action movies on the line too of one person versus 
an entire city kind of like you get your diehards from like this you get oh, totally. like you know your uh your lockdown so to give a terrible example um but a lot of things do take pages from the playbook that is escape from new york um and yeah you i, I love the way that characters treat the main character, Snake Plissken, which is a ridiculous name. <laughs> um, but I love the way that they treat him in the sense of like, hey, I thought you were dead. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like, everyone that encounters him, like, he's a legendary criminal. Like, a guy that says, fuck the man in every instance possible. But like, dude, I thought they killed you in Thailand. Like, did you escape Cleveland? How did you do that? Like, everyone knows him. And like, he's a legendary figure. But like, he does not buy into it himself at all. He's like, whatever. I just want to go and commit more crimes. <laughs> like, I mean, I get it. Get me out of here. The basic premise of the movie being he is captured on the border of New York. He is going to be sent into New York as a prisoner there. New York City has been turned into a prison island. Uh, the president of the United States, his plane has crash landed in oh, New York. Oh, that's right. He Sorry, has... it's all coming back to <laughs> No, totally fair. He has Celine codes. Dion style. <laughs> meatloaf is there she's he's singing a celine dion <laughs> um but the president has codes for like this uh for this nuclear fusion device and it is up to snake to get the president and those codes out of new york in 24 hours lest they kill snake by a bomb they've implanted in his uh bloodstream um and typical typical saturday am i right oh um, gotta hate a bomb in the bloodstream <laughs> But it's, uh, yeah, the basic premise is he's got to get the president out. Does he do it? How does he do it? That kind of thing. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I just turned it on late one night, just like looking for something to watch. And it's like, oh, I didn't think this was on any streaming service. I found it on Hulu of all places. But um, it's good. And it holds up. Um, Yeah, I would recommend it. The only other stuff I watched um, was two. I mean, I watched a lot of trailers, but the only two that I can remember. Um, one is for Captain Marvel. Okay. Thoughts on that? I did see the trailer. Um, I liked it. Um, I like that it's set in the 90s, although you don't really get that from the trailer, I would think, necessarily. I mean, aside from falling into Blockbuster, yeah. Yeah. Like, outside of that, you would think it just happens, like, now. Yeah. Um, cool to see Sam Jackson as Nick Fury with, like, yeah. you know, hair and no cool eye patch. Hair, yeah. A younger-looking Agent Coulson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He shows up there in that trailer. Um, Jude Law, interestingly enough, being in this. Yo, Jude Law's killing it because he's in the Harry Potter franchise and now this. The Marvel... Now he's in the Marvel one. Like, that's yeah. impressive, sir. Um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe now has uh, both Sherlock's and both Watson's. Um, oh, my God, from, you're right. <laughs> from the, uh, the most recent films or TV series. Um there it looks like i i don't know it looks interesting it looks like it's gonna be fun i hope people come out and see it i think people will um it's it is directed by this is the first female director they've had in the series right i have no idea i think i think that's the case with this um i'm curious what tone it will take because like you know it's not captain marvel recently has become more prominent and that's cool in like the comic books and whatnot she was kind of like on the outside for like a couple of years there um i hope people like it i hope i like it i hope it's fun Me too. um i trust brie larson i trust brie larson i think a lot of it will take place in space i i mean they showed it most of it is sh- they're showing flashbacks and she is on earth mm-hmm. but then at one point they go to 
what is clearly a separate planet that's right. very like glossy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they show her kind of like Westworld style, like hanging up mm-hmm. um, and like being like electrical surged full of powers, mm-hmm. um, which I don't, I discovered that I don't, I don't really like the look of like shiny planets. Uh-huh. Like I didn't, um, like Guardians of the Galaxy, when they go to Ego's planet, I was like, eh. mm-hmm. well, um, this is not a planet. But when they go to Wakanda and it's very shiny, like I don't really like the whole technological city futurist run. look. Yeah, no, it doesn't do anything for me. Okay. Also, because it's clearly so CGI'd. I think maybe mm-hmm. also. Um, but I am very excited for this movie. I love Brie Larson. I think she's going to do an amazing job. I like that she's just so much more powerful than everybody. Yay! <laughs> um, like, for people that don't know, like, Captain Marvel, like, she's basically Superman insofar as, like, strength and capabilities. With Instead of shooting lasers out of her eyes, they're out of her hands. Even better. <laughs> the eye thing's weird. <laughs> um, and, yeah, like, the character has had a pretty big role in the Marvel Universe lately, and even before that, like... Characters very tied in with like you know uh, a couple X Men characters tied in like oh, wow. tied in uh, the character Rogue like her powers she absorbed Captain Marvel's powers oh, basically shit. kept them and put her into a coma oh, for like no. years and years oh god um, and more recently she's like you know been more prominent in the Avengers led an Avengers team um, it's funny like a couple of times it comes up where her and Captain America like are talking and she's like you know I rank you right like yo why do you have to bring up old stuff like. Okay, cool. Yes, sir. <laughs> like, I want them to become lovers. Because <laughs> she's so pretty. And he's so nice now with his beard and his longer hair. Like, <laughs> you guys would be so cute and powerful. Like, I love it. I'm I'm curious where this plays in the whole Infinity War timeline of things. So how does Captain Marvel factor into that? You know, will her powers be... I mean, her powers, like, you know, how does she affect Thanos? So, like, what, yeah. what, where does she play in all of this? I'm sure that will be revealed. Well, because I also rewatched um, the most recent Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only time that you see Thanos really struggle is at the very end. And he's, I'm sure it's intentional, like, the look on his face is of surprise mm-hmm. when he is punching down onto Captain America and Captain America is able to hold up his fist a little bit mm-hmm. and they pan to um, his, not um, Thanos's face. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like how is he putting I like the any type of resistance? Yeah. And it's just like, Ooh, what does that have in store for the future? Mm-hmm. Interesting. And if Captain America can put up a little bit of a fight against him, what's Captain Marvel going to be able to do? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm curious because he ruined the Hulk in his first action. He did. Like, I want to just two-piece you all over the board here, guy. All right. Over your head, slam, done. This is the strongest you got? Because I'm going to ruin everyone else if this is the best you can provide me with. Well, I mean... I just had one stone. When they say strength, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like... I, yeah, I guess Hulk is the strongest, but like Thor is the most powerful. I guess there's a difference in terms of like strength, strength, just just your body, but also, but then Thor can come out and just like blast people and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I want to know. I want a very clear cut 
lineup of strengths. And you will never get it because nerds I will argue about it forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's always changing and always stupid. Um, and then the other trailer I watched was for Beautiful Boy. I've not heard of this. What um, is it's Boy? with Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet. Okay. Is that how you say his name? Who, like, I remember you commenting on his cheekbone structure and whatnot and how handsome he is. Timothy Chalamet? Yeah. Did I? Yeah. This is me, but all right. I don't think I've seen him in anything. I think you did. I think it was you. I know that he was in uh, Call Me By Your... He was just like a handsome fella. I know that he was in Call Me By Your Name, but I didn't actually see that. (laughs) Same. (laughs) He is a handsome fella. Okay. I just like... I had never really looked at his face. Mm -hmm. It's a really pretty face, Jason. I felt like a little bit of a perv. I don't know how old he is. I think it's appropriate because he's in his 20s <laughs> um, oh looking it up as i 22 here we go we're right. good we're in the clear um he's a very pretty boy um it's about uh he and it's mostly about his relationship with his dad but just generally his family mm-hmm. um steve Carell plays his father and he's struggling with addiction okay and it's about both like their relationship and also Steve Carell kind of trying to reconcile that his son is not who he expected him to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like a very um, poignant film that I think probably a lot of parents can relate to, even if it's not necessarily drugs or anything, but just struggling with seeing your f- child for who they are versus what you kind of jump for them to be like your kid forming their own identity as right. opposed to like what you want for them and it's not necessarily the mold that you expected right um it looks really good i'm excited for it okay i probably can't see it in theaters because i'll just be weeping the whole time so just wait <laughs> for it to come out uh no go ahead. did you have any? that's it okay that's all i got um i watched the start of the new season of bojack horseman oh oh it started yeah oh nice um, check that out. A lot more of the same what Bojack offers, which is like scathing introspection, int- uh, scathing introspection yeah. uh, into oneself. Um, I heard a good criticism of that, though, in the sense of like, well, people will apply that to themselves of like, well, yeah, I looked at myself very harshly and you know, thought of all these things and whatnot. But like, if you don't actually do anything about it, right. then to what level is that worth? Which is a, consistently a thing of Bojack, uh, not the show, but just the character where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, you hate yourself about what you did. What are you going to do about that? Right. Um, which is an interesting thing to think about, I guess, because, you know, like people definitely identify with the character, Mm -hmm. but that's also a thing that people do, like where in which like they can look at themselves, but can you then do the work to move past that? Or will you make the same mistakes over and over and just be regretting them every time? Which is humanity. Everyone struggles with that. (laughs) Um, and yeah, I still think it's a, a good and still funny show as much as it does like the scathing, you know, look at oneself or look at one situation. It does still manage to be very funny. Um, and some see some new voices pop up on the show. Like oh. Rami Malek um, has a consistent oh, role on there. Cool. Uh, Issa Rae has a consistent role on there. Nice. So it's like, oh, cool! You're getting like you know young fun people like on this show, which is like very cool of that show to do. I think. I'm also very excited for the next season of Big Mouth. Oh, that was announced like this weekend, right? I think so. Well, the trailer came out at least. I didn't see it though. I think it, they talked about it earlier this year. Oh, okay. Um. I just really, it's such like a gross, but also very funny and mm-hmm. um, accurate, I feel like. Yeah, this depiction of like puberty. <laughs> yeah, and just the, uh, um, 
self-esteem issues that people have and I'm excited for it. Yeah, like season one I liked a lot. Me too. And I've I've not heard anyone say anything bad about Big Mouth at all. Like people are like either surprised or like, yeah, I knew this would be good. I think the one criticism I heard was um, Jenny Slate's character is black. Uh Uh-huh. And Jenny Slate is not. It's an issue that comes up, I think, consistently in like voice acting, mm. um, and especially now the idea of representation, like really being a, a forefront yeah. of like you know the discussion of media. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that's definitely worth being talked about because, like, I think of like you know when we were kids and the cartoons that we watched. Not that Big Mouth is a cartoon for children at all, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Very much not. Yeah, but like you know, voice acting, there wasn't much of an eye on it in the sense of like, well, who's the voice behind this character? Right. Who's the voice behind this character? You got who you got. You know, because they were the best person for that job. Um, but now, because, you know, it is a thing, certainly, of course, not even a thing. It is a necessary thing that has right. to happen um, as far as that discussion. So I understand people. I can understand people being upset about that. Yeah, same. Uh, but that being said, she did do a very good job. She did do. Her, she's great at voices. I enjoy what mm-hmm. she does. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that's the only criticism. I don't know many people who watched it, to be honest with you. Really? I feel yeah. like a lot of my friends, like, started well, getting into Big Mouth. You have a lot of, like, comic book-loving dude friends. <laughs> I don't, so it makes sense. But even people that just, like, like comedy and also have, like, you know, just the comic book nerd shit. Like, just like, oh, yeah, John Mulaney and uh, Nick Kroll are working on a show together. Like, people are down for I that. I don't have a lot of comedy-loving friends, I Okay. Think. That's why. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited for it. I think it comes out in October. Okay. Um, another thing I saw actually just today was a, a show called uh, I Feel Bad. Uh, oh, yes. It's produced by Amy Poehler. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I just know it stars uh, Soraya Blue. She was uh, John Cena's wife in Blockers. Um, oh, okay. It's it's good so far. I like it. Um, it's very funny. It's, a, it's just a show about a, a sitcom. Uh Side note, sitcom for a long time as a kid, I thought that meant a comedy that you sit down and watch <laughs> as Aww. opposed to um, stand-up comedy, which someone's standing up and talking at you. <laughs> I thought I was very smart for figuring this out at age eight. Aww. Sitcom stands for situational comedy. Yes. Didn't know that at that age. <laughs> <laughs> um, what a brave admission <laughs> you've just made. But that being said... Um, it's funny. It's uh, essentially about her trying to balance work and home and family. Parents live, live with them. Um, she's trying to manage two children and a husband. Uh, she works at, as a designer at a uh, video game company and That's works cool. with all men. So oh, it's just God. weird to have like the age difference of like, a woman like in her early 40s like dealing with these 20-something-year-old boys. Um, <sighs> and them trying to give her advice on, like, well, this is what you should do. Oh. Like, shut up. Or her just being like... No, you idiots. <laughs> like, this is how it works. It's, I hadn't even heard about it until I just saw a preview for it for um, a couple days ago. And it was so painfully relatable mm-hmm. that I don't know if I can watch it. <laughs> it's just like, oh, yep, I feel you, girl. <laughs> but it looks really funny. Uh, two episodes out right now. It is fairly funny. I do nice. like it. Um, I just came upon it randomly. It's like not something I think I would just check out, but I did. It was what good. was it on? Uh, it was on Hulu. Okay. Um, I like that Amy Poehler's getting into the producing game. Oh yeah, it feels like she's been doing that for a while. Like Broad City is a result oh, of her right. production. I like, that's like the biggest success I think she's had as a producer. But who knows? I don't know what else she's been doing. Making it. Making it. 
Yeah. Oh, right, with her and uh, Nick Offerman, right? Yes. Yes. I should watch that because I love both of them. Yeah, I watched, <laughs> I think, one episode and I enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that aside, um, the only thing, other thing I watched is what you asked me to watch, which was uh, Detroiters. Yes. I wound up actually watching the whole of the first season. <laughs> I knew it. Um, I, I think I've... Uh, have I finished the first season? I think I'm close to finishing the first season. Okay. Um, it is hilarious and irreverent and weird. <laughs> and the the best way I can describe it, to, to give this simple explanation, the explanation you'd see on like Amazon if you want to mm-hmm. rent this, two Detroit-based uh, advertisers come up with these wacky ideas for companies uh, in the area and creating commercials for them. Local and try- commercials. Local commercials and trying to get new work. That's like the basic premise. The real premise is a love story between the plot- the purest expression of platonic love i've seen where it is two men it is an ann perkins um leslie nope level of love (laughs) (laughs) where these two men love each other so much and will do anything for each other totally um like in seeing the first episode what i loved about it was like yeah these two people really do care about the city they live in and like the community that they're a part of Mm -hmm. and like that's like really nice but also like um the humor of just just simple things they're throwing in there of like them like going to like the the garbage trucks coming out at night and them just like cheering them on like <laughs> yeah all right oh we got the wolf man out tonight okay <laughs> just like just like that's the thing that you know that they've done since they were, they were like 13 and they're like two men in their 30s now like you know <laughs> still doing the same thing but like there's just genuine love for their city and it's just like very nice to see that um I love that, like, you find it at the end of the episode, like, you see them go home, like, wow, that's a long, crazy day at the office. Yep. You see them go home separately, like, you know, one goes home to his wife uh, and hangs out with her. The other guy goes home to, like, you know, his house, which is, like, so, like, not, not broken down, but it's obviously being renovated. Yeah. It's like, man, like, things are not fixed in this house. Um, and then you they you see them go upstairs and, like, look out the window, and they live right next door to each other. <laughs> <laughs> and he's married... <laughs> Uh, to his sister yes like one is married to the other sister so it's like ah oh, this is beautiful it's great um and i feel like i'm not giving like the names here uh sam richardson and yes. um uh, what's the other guy's name uh oh tim gosh tim, tim something Bo. not tim kelly uh what's his name tim i can't think of things no disrespect to him because he's so good to fill in this gap of time <laughs> um he was a he used to be a writer on Saturday Night Live. I am familiar with him from Robinson. Uh, Tim Robinson. Tim Robinson and Sam Richardson. Yes. Um, are the two leads of this show. They're great. Um, they're... Sam Richardson is on Veep. Yes, yeah, Sam Richardson from Veep, I think, is part of where people are most familiar with him from. Um, but uh, it's a show produced by Jason Sudeikis and Lauren Michaels. Great. Um, awesome. So they've got backing of like you know, some very funny people behind them. Um, and Jason Sudeikis is in the first season. He's in the first he's in the first episode and also he appears later on. Yeah. Um, they've got some great cameos going on in there. Um, I love their office environment. It is yeah. like five people that work in this huge office. <laughs> um, and they are like living in the shadow of like, you know, the greatest advertiser that Detroit has ever seen, um, which is one of the characters like dad. And he's Tim Robinson's dad. Tim Robinson's dad. <laughs> started the ad agency and was very successful. And then he inherited it. Yes. And he's just kind of, he, they think they're, they're so confident. And they think they're amazing. <laughs> But and they make these podunk commercials. They just live in ignorant bliss, and it's so sweet. Um, and their dad was a nice surprise for me, played by Kevin Ash, a uh, former wrestler. 
um, one of the biggest names of like the 90s in wrestling. So it's like, whoa, that's hilarious. That is great. And seeing him just be a goof with these two goofballs is fantastic. And like the height difference is such a dynamic because he's like seven feet tall. <laughs> and like these two guys are like 5'10 or something like that. And just like seeing them be these grown men become just children next Aww. to this other huge guy. Um, but yeah, I had a really fun time watching it. I um, finally got to watch it. It was, it was very good. And what sucks um, is that Comedy Central produces so many new things. I'll yeah. give them credit in that. Every fall, every January, they're throwing at least two to three new shows at you. But what sucks is that I don't see advertisements for them. Like, I feel like Detroiters isn't pushed as hard as other shows are. Well, because... It doesn't. None of their shows are on the platforms that we watch stuff on, so wouldn't, we wouldn't see advertisements for it. I mean, even outside of that, like you know, every winter you'll see something for Broad City, you'll see something for Workaholics. Oh, yeah, that's true. But yeah. like you don't, or you see something for Drunk History, yeah, or for South Park. But like they have like five other shows that are on there. There was like, well, wh- when do I get to see this? And I feel like dudes would love the same guys who would in, who enjoyed Workaholics would probably enjoy Detroiters. And that being said, it's a much smarter show than Workaholics. Oh, it absolutely is. <laughs> like, it's as far as, like, what they're asking you to, like, to go along with and, yeah. like, the concerts they're trying to present to you. Like, it's a little smarter and, like, a little bit more friendly to, like, audiences that are just the outsiders dudes. Totally. Like, like the episode where it's, like, just a family, not a family reunion, but, like, one of the characters, like, their father's birthday. That's the one that I haven't seen yet. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, a, a nice episode seeing all these different characters um, but of it, it feels like something you could just watch with your family that episode. It doesn't yeah. feel like just geared towards like a dude aged right. eighteen to thirty six. Right, right, right. Um, but that being said, I liked it a lot. Nice. Um, and I knew you would. There are two seasons available for purchase now. I, I watched it on Amazon. Um, it's not really available on Hulu, which is sad. It should be. I don't know why. I don't know what Comedy Central's deal is with Hulu, but they only have some things on there. A lot of things they took off. Yeah, because they had Drunk History on there. Drunk History is still on there, but you can't watch, like, The Daily Show on there anymore. Oh. Like, that's just gone. Hmm. You can watch Drunk History, you can watch Broad City, you can watch South Park, you can watch Workaholics. Like I said, they're big ones. Yeah. That you can watch, but some other things, they just ripped right off of there. That I don't sucks. know what happened. Excuse me. Um, I watched Abandoned. Okay. Well, I watched two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Because I love a weird place. <laughs> um, I remember you mentioning that um, some people who you tried to introduce the show to did not like Rick McCrank, <laughs> the host. But I find him incredibly endearing. Okay. He seems, he's so sweet and sincere and curious. Um, and also he seems like a pretty smart guy. Yeah. Um, he's funny in his own kind of way, it feels like. But he seems very sensitive and um, to the people who he speaks with, and he is sincerely interested um, in the stories of people and the places and what happened. Um, and so the two episodes I watched, he um, the first one is a bunch of abandoned malls in Cleveland, mm-hmm. and the second one is um, a bunch of abandoned like port towns in Newfoundland. Yeah, that was a beautiful episode. It was. It's. Um, <laughs> I hate that I say this, but they have some solid drone work. <laughs> I told you. I told God you. damn it. Let that phrase be spread. God solid drone it. work is a real thing. That sounds like a Daft Punk album, by the oh, way. It does. <laughs> um, oh, that's right. I forgot you said that. Yeah. Um, 
fucking Solitron worm. <laughs> um, but it really is beautiful because it's a, that in Newfoundland, it's a beautiful oh, yeah. area. Um, and even from afar, because there's just a lot of abandoned small um, homes. But from afar, you can't tell that they are in bad shape. So, and they're like painted bright colors and it looks gorgeous and mm-hmm. adorable. Um, but he talks to a lot of um, the locals and in the first one with the homes in Cleveland or the malls in Cleveland, mm-hmm. I love that he met up with the two guys in the mall. Yes. And then they go around and the ghost the, hunters. Yes. Oh, you spoiled it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so they are very earnest in their love for um, their city and how s- truly sad they are that this place that they kind of grew up in, in this mall is, um, is just falling apart and people don't really respect it and they're just kind of um, trashing it. But then he meets up with them again and they're fucking ghost hunters. <laughs> and like, and they think that they've heard like spirits in the mall and they all have, they have this like ghostbuster esque like equipment that is clearly just baloney. <laughs> and so, and, but he still tries to be respectful of what they believe in. Yes. And so they're like, at one point they turn to him and they're like, you know, right? And he's just like, sure, whatever you believe in. Because <laughs> he's trying not to offend them. Because yeah. they're very sweet. Mm-hmm. And I think they're just kind of bored and in the middle of nowhere. And so they're just going to do whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... And it, it, there are really beautiful shots of these decaying malls that were used to be just like bustling with people and they go yeah. into the history of it and just kind of why it didn't work out which is really great and I interesting. I do like that. They go into the history of like yeah. well here's how we got here. They clearly do their research mm-hmm. which I appreciate. Um, and then they went to Newfoundland where um, it was fishing villages but as soon as big trawlers came in they just went out of business and um, they overfished the area so there's no more um, they didn't no longer have the ability to it wouldn't even Actually be profitable anymore yeah. to do that. Um, and <laughs> so he's meeting all these people. Um, and then <laughs> this one kid. So this on this one island, there are literally four children going to the school. And so you, this, you see this kid come up on an SUV, uh, an ATV. And so you're assuming the kid's going to be like 10 or 12. Uh-huh. He's got his little backpack on. He's like, hey, what's your name? say it's like Noah or whatever and he's like how old are you six <laughs> it's a six year old on an ATV like what the Newfoundland. fuck Newfoundland and like and he did look he's a bit of a bigger kid so he looked a little bit older than that mm-hmm. but he <laughs> he go so he talks it's kind of awkward but it's very sweet and then they go off or the kid drives off and then a couple minutes later he comes back he's like I brought my friends for an interview <laughs> and it's two of these tiny eight year olds on the back of this ATV <laughs> like it's up and then the teacher comes out and is yelling for them because they're late for school because that's what he takes to school not a bicycle a tiny child sized ATV <laughs> not even that, a power wheel like, that he, like this is functional yeah he freaking zooms around on that thing he has no fear and at one point Rick actually gets on the back of it and like they go off. <laughs> it's it made me laugh so much because it's just a little kind of bright spot in what is a really sad story. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it. I like that that they show the history. It's very respectful um, and interesting. 
Um, and I like that he always tries to find somewhere to skateboard. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I really do appreciate that. Can I skate on this? Probably. Let's yeah. <laughs> and and he's it's he's so talented. He's the crazy, yes. good, amazing skateboarder. And so it made me feel like I was in middle school again where like skateboarding was really popular and I'm just watching skateboarding videos for whatever yeah. reason. Because the boys I liked were skateboarders. We'll skate our boys. So like, yeah, I'll watch whatever if you'll hold my hand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I want. Um, so yeah, it was just really fun. I liked it a lot. Okay, I'm glad I will definitely that. finish out that series. Good. Also, did you make a channel for me on your like Hulu? I thought you made that. I didn't. I don't. Oh, did I? You did. I was like, oh, Jason, that's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it was just past me being adorable. <laughs> Good job, past me. <laughs> um, yeah. What do you got to line up for me? Anything um, in particular? Uh, well, there are some things I'm thinking about. Um, mm-hmm. We are entering into the Halloween season and our oh, one no. year anniversary of like recording this because remember about a year ago I had to listen I had to listen excuse me I had to watch the Seminole masterpiece Ernest Scared Stupid. How could I forget, Jason? <laughs> it's burned into my fucking brain. And I haven't hurt you in a long time. Um, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to hurt you. We're not solidly in Halloween yet. It is still the last week of September. The pumpkins haven't come out just yet. All right. So I'm not going to do that to you just yet. Just yet. Not just yet. That's great. Um, what I want you to watch is something I will watch as well. Um, because I I remember watching it as a kid. I remember really enjoying it. Um, the movie Ronin uh, with Rob De Niro. Oh, yeah. Um, I've seen that. I don't remember it, but I've seen it. Okay. Um... I would like to ask you that to watch That goes it. for most of what I've seen. <laughs> I don't remember them, but I've seen it. I would like to ask you to watch it again. I will watch it again as well. Okay. Um, it just, I believe this coming week, it's been out for 20 years. Um, it has one of the best car chases mm. uh, that I can think of in movies. Um, it is just all about cars and chasing and like not necessarily insanity. <laughs> cars and chasing. <laughs> um, not, not like the craziness of like a Mission Impossible essay. Okay. But just about just really good technical shooting of like a scene. Okay. So, if you would watch that, I will watch that. Are you gearing up for a heist? Is that what this is preparation for? It is for? very heist-oriented, and I... I don't know. It's fall. It's high season. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Getting into fall, guys. Pumpkin spice and heist. Let's do it. <laughs> Why is that not the name of a podcast? <laughs> Pumpkin spice and heist? Yes. What would it be about? <laughs> I don't know. Two basic bitches on the run from yes. the law. I guess. <laughs> we just got a Chattanooga, Tennessee, and let me tell you, amazing lattes, but what a bag. Woo! All right. <laughs> Security was light. <laughs> um, oh shit, what am I gonna have you watch? I'm never prepared, Jason. What dumb shit do I watch that you would even remotely enjoy? That's the thing. I don't have to enjoy it necessarily. Well, I'm not mean like you. <laughs> and I want you to enjoy the things, or at least find them like mildly interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, because I hate the idea of you being like, I did not enjoy this thing. <laughs> it makes me sad. I think there's only ever one thing where I was legitimately yeah, like, I know I what it is. <laughs> I know what it is. Um,. Shit, I'm never prepared. I'm so sorry. Um, 
I can't, because most of what I watch is just dumb murder things. Who says I don't like dumb murder? I don't think, I mean, Lamont was not dumb murder. It was dumb murder. <laughs> but it's I, a story of triumph, all right? <laughs> well, the odds are against you. And you know what you want in your heart, but society doesn't want that for you. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know, Jason. I don't know what I've watched recently. Um, um, well, how about this? Because mm-hmm. I'm going, and I will watch it also. There we go. Okay. Um, even though I haven't seen it yet. That new Netflix show, Maniac. Oh, with uh, Jonah Hill yeah. and uh, Emma Stone? Yes. I never thought Super Bad were you like this, but okay. I did not think so. And Justin Theroux. Okay. In a real bad wig. <laughs> but I see the handsome underneath it, Justin. You can't hide that. Mm-mm. All right. Yeah. Let's watch Maniac. Okay. So for next week, Ronan and Maniac. Uh, and we have our we have our things. Um, and again, thank you all for sitting here and listen thank to you, us thank you um check us out on itunes give us those ratings that are nice that matters please um review rate subscribe um check us out on the internet you can find us on our podcast we're not hard to find um but again thanks for listening and we will see you guys next time bye bye